are still a few outlines. We don't always have outlines, but we do try to make them available, I guess, on Sunday nights and Wednesdays. And uh, there were a few left. Did you find them? Okay, I hit them. So um, uh, we're dealing with a subject, or we started dealing with a subject last week as we've been trying to um, deal with, uh, if you would say, controversial issues in our day. And we've been dealing with attention used to be called attention deficit disorder. Now it's ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and, um, and seeing what God has to say about it. And so if you want them, there's a few outlines left if you would like. And I guess we're going to have to review very, oh man, I can't even give, all right, I will do it. I'm going to do it. All right. Uh, let, we're going to, we took last week and kind of just we, most of our time was spent explaining um, what's going on in the matter of ADHD. And, um, and we took the time. Yeah, see, I can't. There's just no way. I'll end up preaching the whole thing again. And I, I, I just can't do that this evening or I won't get done. All right? So, um, so let me explain. Uh, basically, the world has told us now for probably uh, 20, 30 years that... Um, that the problem with children that don't obey, problem with children that don't sit still, that don't pay attention, that their problem is that they have a, an illness that they can do nothing about, and that the answer for that would be medication. The answer for that would be, um, as well, learning some things and learning to cope, which is interesting. And we took a lot of time to kind of establish and help you understand what the thinking is as far as the world is concerned in regard to children that don't, don't obey. Now, let me also say this, because uh, now we have adults that have ADHD, and uh, it is amazing how many of them use their ADHD as an excuse for their actions. Um, I'm not sure whether I told you last week, but I... Uh, worked with uh, youth for a number of years in uh, Indiana, and I still remember being working with, we had Awana at the time, when Awana was still good, and a, a, a good youth program, and, um, and this kid was causing problems in, in class, and so um, I was the assistant pastor in charge of all discipline in Awana. <clears throat> Always like that, you know, um, actually it didn't, but... Um, went to this boy, and I said, look, we, you know, you need to obey. You need to do what you're supposed to do. And his answer to me was, well, I can't obey tonight. I didn't take my medication. And he had been taught that he had ADHD, and if he didn't take his medication, he would disobey, basically. And that kind of stuff has gone on now for a long time. It's gone on in, the, um, uh, in, in court cases where people are claiming the reason they did their crimes and acted the way they did was, well, they have a medical problem, ADHD. And most of the medical world accepts that and would say that it's truth. Now, um, I guess I, we got to do it. So take your outline and let's just watch. Let me share with you the claims that are made regarding ADHD, and then we're going to try to get to where we were at, all right? It is considered, uh, as far as the, the world is concerned, a handicapping, handicapping condition by law. 
it is a non-curable disease. And we talked about its supposed causes. They talk about biochemical imbalance. And I wish I had uh, the time to go through all that. Uh, they say there appears to be a deficiency in the brain's ability to produce or use certain chemicals. Um, a lot of st stuff is said, but they don't have facts. Uh, then they also say a specific brain abnormality. I, I, I love that. My parents thought I had a brain abnormality. So, I, you know, what kid doesn't? All right. And then we talked about its core symptom. What is the core symptom? Do you, anyone, did anyone write that down? Symptoms? Okay, inattention or distractibility. And I, I asked the question, what kid isn't inattentive or distractible? And by the way, a lot of people in dealing with their children try to distract them. When they're doing something wrong, oh, why don't you, they're playing with something that's dangerous or a toy that they shouldn't be playing with, so they give them another toy. What well, kid isn't distracted? Uh, it's an amazing thing. All right, then it's treatment, uh, counseling for parents and child, medication, behavior modification. And then we talked about some of the contradictions. Uh, for example, those who believe it say this, that ADD has lifelong coping behaviors that mask the symptoms of the disorder. That is an amazing thing to me because what, on one behalf, they're saying someone has a medical condition, they can't help themselves. On the other, they turn around and say that people with ADHD have learned uh, to cope and they've learned to mask. So the point is, no one knows they have it because they've learned to deal with it without medication, without anything else. So is it a disease or not? Does anyone understand the difficulty? And then uh, the second contradiction, what often confuses the picture is that many hyperactive children can pay attention. This is their statement for limited periods of time. Um, and they talk about that. And then uh, the chemical imbalance issue, uh, which uh, imbalance is, has not been proven to be, to be any problem at all. And then its treatment defies true mental disorders and deals with behavioral changes. And, uh, and so where we left off was the Bible and ADHD. And what does God have to say? And this is where we're, we're picking up this evening. So that was all just introductory. Now that I put you to sleep. We learned from Proverbs 22.6 what? What does God say? I think you know the verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old... Okay, so the, the first truth we learn from the Bible, and we have to accept the fact that the Bible is the authoritative word of God because it is. It's given by inspiration of God, and you will not come to the right conclusion about ADHD or any other uh, issue and, and problem that people face until you come face to face with the reality that the God of the Bible has written about all of life and has given us instructions for life. And that if we'll take the time to dig into this book, we'll find the answers that God would have for conditions and situations people face. Whether that is drunkenness, which is not a disease, which is a sin that someone chooses to do and there's answers in the Bible for, we have to come to that conclusion because God said so. And God talks about it in his word. Such is the case with ADHD. In Proverbs chapter 22 uh, God tells us that a child that's trained 
can learn to do that which is right, and a child needs to be trained. So the first truth we learn from the Bible is that ADHD is a curable condition because distractibility and inattention, and after we just had a big meal, that's going to be a big issue this morning in the, in, or this afternoon in the service. Those two things are, can be dealt with through correction, through discipline. They can be dealt with in many different ways, not just spanking. The truth is children can learn to pay attention. They can learn to, to sit for a time. And, uh, and those things are all things that a parent can do and they can work on. So when someone says, well, this is their problem, here's the core problem, inattention or distractibility. Every kid is that way, so how do we deal with it? Well, let me tell you, God says train, a, train up a child in the way he should go. ADHD, misbehavior, ultimately, is a curable problem. That's, uh, that's the, the first point. The second is that God says, you'll love this, right? God says misbehavior must be corrected. First, misbehavior, that's what ADHD is, is a curable problem. Second, God says misbehavior must be corrected. A frustrated mother said to a preacher once, spanking doesn't seem to work with my kids, my kid. He keeps doing wrong anyway. Um, and the mother then said to the preacher, in fact, he gets even worse when he's corrected. Now, I don't want to be unkind to this mother who was frustrated. But the problem isn't the discipline. The problem has to be in the way it's done. And we're going to see the reason why right now. You're in Proverbs chapter 13. God says in verse 24, someone uh, read it to me, if you would. Someone read it out loud. Okay, so what does God say is his method, is his idea for dealing with misbehavior and for correcting it? What, what's God's answer? Come on, this isn't, this, <laughs> you're all half asleep. All right, what is God's answer? Okay, the rod. Um, and we're not going to get into uh, great detail on, we've, we've dealt with the subject of the home a lot, but in order to understand this correctly, um, God talks about the rod. By the way, he talks about the rod with adults. He says, the blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil, and stripes on the back of a person change lives. Proverbs talks about that in numerous ways. So here's the truth. Misbehavior is a correctable problem. In children, it's corrected by parents who spank, parents who use the rod. And if you spare the rod, what does God say? This is powerful. You hate your kid. You know, I had a mother once say, well, I love my kid too much to discipline him. And God says something very different here. God says, if you spare it, if you won't do it, that really is hatred. You know the reason why? Because, listen, because later on they will need stripes. Because when they're young, 
It's the time to deal with ADHD. Because when they're old, it's going to be very hard. And stripes, actually, with fools, won't always work. So, quite honestly, if you have a parent of a child whose attention is short, that's every parent with every kid, then you need to deal with it now. And God says in that passage, not only do you hate your kid if you don't discipline him, but God also says what in that verse? He that loves him. All right, B times, you say, what is that? Well, uh, part of it would mean repeatedly. Uh, part of it is while it's day, right now. In fact, it needs to come very close to the misbehavior because children don't have a long attention span. <laughs> Adults don't have a long attention span either. All right, but children don't have a long attention So God says, hey, misbehavior needs to be corrected, and the way to correct it, the way to deal with it, the way to correct it is to, to use the rod to punish and to bring, to bring discipline. Look at, you say, well, that's just one verse. Okay, Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22. There's something that's bound in the heart of, of a child, every child, because every child takes after their dad. <laughs> well, their dad's partly to blame because the sin nature is passed on. All right, we won't go into that, that explanation here this evening. But the Bible says that their foolishness is bound in the heart of a child in verse 15. And what drives that from them? Medicine, medicine, very strong, powerful medicines that don't allow a child to think and reason. By the way, they're very powerful drugs they give for ADHD children, and they are drugs that short-circuit the brain's ability to think. It numbs thinking. And let me tell you that it's very dangerous, very dangerous. Not only do they not know the long-term effects of that, but... If you're trying to short-circuit a person's ability to think, they're going to be on drugs the rest of their life because change takes place by someone changing their thinking. And the reason why God's method works is because what spanking does is change the thinking. Foolishness is bound in their heart, but the rod of correction drives that foolishness out of them. Oh, and going back to the parent who says, well, it just doesn't work for my child. The problem is not in the discipline because God's discipline works and God says foolishness is driven away by, by spanking. So the problem has to be somewhere in the discipline that's being done. It's either not being done correctly, it's not being done hard enough, it, it's not being done close enough. There's numerous things that we could talk about today and if you have a problem with that, I would love to be of help because the Bible is of help. But God says this, the rod of correction will drive foolishness from them and it needs to be used and it will work because that's how you, that's how you correct misbehavior. Look if you would at chapter 23, verses 13 and 14. And by the way, I, I do not think any medical, um, medical people would, um, would, would say that they're behind my message tonight, okay? So I don't have the... Um, the uh, American Medical Association behind me or uh, anything else. But I do have God's word behind me, and so that's really all I need. So look at what God says 
in verses 13 and 14. Withhold not correction from the child. Oh, wow, correction. Okay, so what is the correction that he's talking about? Yeah, if thou, ooh, this is not a word that's popular today. If thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. He may sound like it. I stop right there. He may sound like it, but he won't die if you use the rod in the right way. All right, so what does God say? Thou shalt beat him with the rod. Ooh, and what does God tell you at the end there? He will deliver his soul from hell. Do you, do you understand this, that when you discipline your child, there's, there's so many things to be said about that, just that statement. One of the things you're doing is teaching them God hates sin, God punishes sin, and they are learning a very important principle for life because they're, they're learning that they need to trust in Jesus Christ because they're sinners and they're condemned. And God punishes sin. And there is a hell. And there is judgment for sin. And by correcting your child, you're teaching them that. When you let them get away with things, when you don't do anything about it, you don't correct misbehavior. You're telling them, in essence, look, I'm letting you get away with it. And the truth is, in their mind, they don't say this, and you don't say this outwardly, God will let you get away with it. And you deliver their soul from, from hell, from judgment, because they're learning something about God by your discipline. That's important. So you correct misbehavior through God's mean of, means of discipline. Chapter 29 of this uh, same book. Chapter 29, verse 15. God says, the rod and reproof, they give something. What do the rod and reproof give? Do you know what? I got a lot of wisdom growing up. Dad kept giving it to me all the time. You know, I would have preferred he was giving it to me verbally. <laughs> he, he gave it to me. He gave it to me physically, but he did. Rod gives, uh, uh, rod and reproof give wisdom. By the way, both the rod and reproof, and we'll talk about that. But a child left to himself is going to do what? It's going to lead to shame. All right, so God says misbehavior is curable, first of all. God says misbehavior must be corrected. And it's, um, it may take, if someone says discipline doesn't work and spanking doesn't work, I think timeouts work. Well, um, God begs to differ with you. Um, quite honestly, um, timeouts are not God's method for dealing with misbehavior. There's a number of reasons why I don't have time to delve in. Well, yeah, see, I, we could end up, we could go on and on with this one. Uh, one of the reasons why is because it makes someone pay for their, for their wrong for a half hour when in reality the rod is much more reasonable and understanding and kind because discipline is done, we're over it, and we can move on. When you make a child sit for 15 minutes, you make a child sit for 30 minutes, you're, you're, teach, you're teaching them, first of all, something that's, that's wrong and that's said, that, hey, 
you're just, this is, good. This is something you've got to pay for for a half hour, when in reality, uh, spanking is, is the most humane, understandable thing that a parent could do. Because you take a child in a room, you correct them, you, you pray, you get things right, and then you move on. It's done. But a child who's sitting in the corner, which, by the way, is punishing mom as well as she's trying to keep track of the time and everything else, and the kid who's sitting in the corner crying and whining for 15, 20 minutes, half hour, or whatever, who doesn't learn anything anyway except I'm mad at mom and I don't like the fact that mom's put me in the corner here, and you haven't dealt with, by the way, the spirit that has caused them to do this wrong. So the correction deals with the spirit. The correction takes care of the punishment right away, and then you move on with your lives. And that it really is, quite honestly, a lot better than, than what people suggest is the answer for, for problems. Now, I, I'm getting off the subject. I'm going off on, on rabbit trails a little bit, but God's method and God's means and God's idea is this. Look, the rod of reproof will give wisdom. And uh, if you'll deal with things and, and deal with them in the right way, you're going you're gonna, to uh, save yourself from a lot of trouble. Verse 17 of chapter 29, correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. You know, there's a lot of parents that don't have rest because they neglect spanking. Wow, okay. It gets real quiet when you start talking about this. Uh, and it's not easy to talk about, but it's true. God says, number three, misbehavior must be controlled. Misbehavior must be controlled. Now, here's the question. Who's supposed to control it? When they're young, who's supposed to control it? Okay, parents. When they're old, who's supposed to control it? You say, well, the adult should, but when they're not. When they're old, who's supposed to control it? Law enforcement. Okay, here, here's the truth. If you won't spank your kids, law enforcement will have to. They will have to because you're not teaching them now. You're not bringing about the change that needs to take place in their life now when there are our children. Now, you say, well, when you talk about controlling misbehavior, why do, why do you say that? Well, because the Bible holds parents responsible for controlling misbehavior. If um, he holds... He holds pastors accountable. 1 Timothy chapter 3. How can God hold pastors accountable for their children misbehaving and, and, and being disobedient if God doesn't believe that someone's supposed to control misbehavior? Deacons are held accountable for their kids. Tell me someone in the Old Testament who was held accountable for his kids. Because they made themselves evil, according to the Bible, and their father didn't restrain them. Eli, who was judged by God, how could God do that unless he expects and gives his parents the responsibility of controlling their children? If your children are out of control, that's your job. Parent, it's your responsibility. Misbehavior is supposed to be controlled by mom and dad, and that is their responsibility and their God-given re responsibility. And 
The Lord holds people accountable. By the way, he judged David as well in 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse 6. If you want the passage for, for uh, Eli, it would be 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 13. When his sons made themselves evil and he restrained them not. That's a powerful verse. He didn't do his job. All right, so God says misbehavior must be controlled. Now, let me give you one other thing. You'll love this too. God says misbehavior can be caught. And I'll explain that. There's a sense in which misbehavior can be caught. Listen to this. Listen to this article that was written dealing with ADHD. Here, here's, here's what they said. At the top, it was researchers believe ADHD is hereditary. Okay, listen to this. They have found that parents that have ADHD have kids with ADHD. So they believe that it's hereditary. Isn't that amazing? God taught that truth 2,000 years ago. Or more than 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago or so. You say, where did he teach that truth? Okay, 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22. And I, we don't even have time to tell you. There's numerous places in the Bible. But turn there, 1 Kings chapter 22. Ahaziah in verse 51, right at the end of the chapter, the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel in, in Samaria, the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. You say, wow, that doesn't teach anything about it. Yeah, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord, verse 52, and walked in And in the way of his mother. Children with ADHD, think about this, have a ten, or parents with ADHD have a, a tendency to have children with ADHD. Ahaziah walked in the ways of his father and his mother. Okay. So here's an adult that hasn't learned to discipline themselves and learned to sit still and learn to pay attention. And they have kids who don't sit still and don't pay attention. Does that tell anyone something? Why would you expect a, a child to sit still and pay attention when the parents aren't? Look, I, I, I actually, when I read that, I laughed. I, th I thought they were kidding me. But what they're saying is what God reveals, and, and, and I just read one example, but you can go through the, the Old Testament kings, you'll see over and over where it says he walked in the ways of his father. She, he walked in the ways of his mother. His mother was his counselor to do evil. There's one passage that says that. And the point is, is that here, if, if you got an adult who has it, the child is going to follow that pattern. See, misbehavior can be caught. <laughs> it can be. Um, there you go. All right. There we got our, our, we got our warning. It can be caught. All right. So, look, look we, we find parents. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Okay. Um, we find parents in the Bible who led their children by how they lived, and that's, 
that's honestly, that's a sobering thought. I, at first, I really did. I laughed when I read that in the ADHD. And then, quite honestly, it was, it was very sad because what they're saying is exactly what taught, God taught in his word. If, if you aren't the right example, you, can't ex- you, you shouldn't expect your children to do that, which is right. And we talk about that in a lot of areas, but, but we're talking about just a child learning to sit still and pay attention to do that which is right. All right, so God says misbehavior can be taught. So the last point, dealing with ECP. Dealing with ECP. That's, that's my own term. I don't believe ADHD is a disease, but I believe it's an excuse for sin because God believes it's an excuse for sin. He doesn't say that this is something that people have and they can't do anything about. God says that when they misbehave, there's a way to deal with it. So ECP stands, as far as I'm concerned, with especially challenging person. Okay? So that's what we're going to call it because that's what... Um, that's what most parents are faced with, and even adults, especially challenging person or people. Um, all right, so let's talk about the authority. How do you deal with ADHD? Um, you say, well, pastor, you already did that in the book of Proverbs. Yes, we did, but let me, let me just walk through a number of things that may help you because you probably have to deal with some. And by the way, you might be dealing with some adults that, uh, that are um, ECPs in life. So let me share with you a couple of things. First, the authority must remember God never gives a person more than they can handle. And 1 Corinthians tells us that truth. God never gives you more than you can handle in life. So, well, <clears throat> I got an AECP child. Okay, all right, you do. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. He's given you some instruction in the Bible. Follow it. If you find it's not working, Get with someone who who seems to be having um, having or seems to be have kids that are doing that which is right, and ask them what they did and what they what they're doing. And if not, ask some people who have adult kids who train their kids. Get with them, look for help because God will never give you more than you can handle. Uh, I I actually had thought about giving the passage where Paul had a thorn in the flesh, but then you'd start talking about your kids being a thorn in the flesh. And I didn't want you to use that excuse. But you know, even for thorns in the flesh, God says his grace is sufficient. Am I right? So if you want to call your kid that, you better not. But if you want to call your kid that, then God will give you grace sufficient to deal with with misbehavior. And he'll give you the strength to do it and do it right. So God never will give you more than you can handle. Secondly, the authority must determine that no matter what, they're going to discipline. The authority must determine no matter what to discipline. And I'm going to give you a number of words because I think these are important words when we talk about discipline. And you can go back to Proverbs chapter 23, and we'll look at that in a moment. But let me give you these words that are a great way to describe discipline because, by the way, today the world is absolutely opposed to what God said, which isn't surprising. But if you're ever challenged about this, because you you very well may be in a, in a store if you try to discipline your kids. By the way, I don't think you should do it in a store. I think you take them out to your vehicle. It's amazing what you can correct in the vehicle. 
And by the way, in the vehicle, you got to watch out today because every business has cameras outside. And if you don't believe that, that the government will use that kind of stuff to take a child away from you, then you're a fool. And those things are happening. So you need to be very careful how you discipline in public. But your kids need discipline, not 40 minutes later or an hour later when you're at home. They need it when they're in the store and they're misbehaving. And they need to know mom and dad will do something about it. That was free. Okay? But when you do it, you need to do it this way. You need to do it, first of all, lovingly. You need to also do it biblically. You need to do it consistently and sufficiently. In fact, if anyone ever called me on the carpet about the discipline of my children, I would, I would strive to tell them this. I do it lovingly, biblically, consistently, and sufficiently. At least that's what I've always strived to do. Because that, to me, gives a good picture of what a parent's supposed to do in the matter of discipline. In Proverbs 23, 13 and 14, we have, again, this instruction. Withhold not correction from a child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from So I want to do discipline, but I want to do it sufficiently. Holding back discipline is really hatred. I want to do it in love, and I want to do it because I love them. Now, let me say this. Not all ECP kids are a result of parental failure. Um, Some uh, parents are going to be challenged. They will be challenged. So just because you see someone misbehaving right at the moment, that, first of all, they may be dealing with it, and they're going to have to. So those who observe that need to be understanding to some extent. But when a parent sits, a kid's in a, in a cart, and the kid's pitching a fit because he doesn't get the candy bar that's on the rack that they always have right there, like right at length of, for a kid to grab out of the cart or whatever. And when they're pitching a fit and mom and dad say like 14 times, no, you can't have that. And then finally, because the kid's crying, oh, just let him, you know, George, just buy it and let him have it. Well, he should have let him have it, but in another way. And not, not what he wanted either. Okay? But understand that especially a challenging person, um, is, is quite honestly everyone in life. And there are going to be times where kids are, are doing wrong and they're going to need discipline and may need it five or six times. If it don't work the first time, you don't quit. You go back and you do it again. And if it doesn't work the second time, guess what? You do it again. And quite honestly, there were times where, uh, as parents, we were tested any, any parent ever been tested by their kid to see? I mean, they just uh, had, had a stubborn streak and a specific issue. Can, can any of you remember that? Put up your hand, would you? Seriously, put your hand way up. Put your hand way up. And just look around, parents, okay? Okay, you're, you're raising it for your wife. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, her hand should be going up too then. All right, all right. So, so here's the thing. There isn't a parent in this room that didn't have a child at some time where they needed multiple corrections, multiple corrections, because they stubbornly held on to something that you corrected, and it just didn't work the first time. 
and you had to get harder. You had to do it again. I've told you about my uh, brother-in-law and, and their, their son, who's, who Bradley is it just, well, he's old now. He's not a little kid anymore because they had their first baby. But uh, Bradley was, uh, was playing with a plant that mom and dad said no to. And by the way, you, know, you shouldn't have to child-proof your, your house. You, you correct your child so you don't have to child-proof your house. You should be able to have plants out. I'm not talking about putting dangerous chemicals that kids can easily get into because they may make a mistake one time and you may want to have certain cabinets locked. I understand that. But if you have to lock everything and put everything up so your kid doesn't get into it, you got a problem that needs to be dealt with. I know I'm being pretty frank here, but you, you got to understand this. It's your job to discipline. Bradley got into the plant. Dad said no. Bradley looked right at him. Touched it again. Guess what happened to Bradley? They went into the room. A little while later, Bradley comes out. A few tears later, Bradley looks at his, his dad, sits down. Bradley looks at his dad. Guess where dad and Bradley went? Back in the room. Bradley comes out with a little, a little more tears, a little more pain. So, so things are going fine for about, oh, maybe five, ten minutes. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. But, you know, after a while, Bradley just ended up, just ended up miraculously, miraculously. There. Guess what happened to Bradley? Jeff won. Probably one of the harder times he ever had, and it was embarrassing because we were there. But Jeff won. And he taught his son an important lesson. He learned that no means no. There's a lot of kids who aren't learning that today. Parent will do it once or they'll do it twice and then they'll throw up their hands. Jeff took it all the way to the end till, till Bradley said, I don't want that anymore because I don't want what comes with it. And you know what? He didn't have to put his plant away. Bradley didn't go back to the plant. Because Bradley learned to say, pain, that's pain, that's pain. I don't want pain. That's how you learn. And so kids need discipline. All right, authority. The next, next thing, needs. Wow, I've got so much to say. Do you want me to pick up on it next time? Did I give you too much already? What? I've been here long. Okay, the authority needs, um, needs guidelines for discipline. Let me ask you something. What are the Ten Commandments? What is the majority of the Bible? That's right. So what is it? It's God giving people guidelines for life. All right, how do you change someone? How, how do you change an, an, an uh, especially challenging 
person, the ECP. How do you change them? All right, they need to know the rules. You don't just spank them because the first time they've ever done it, they touched the plant. The first time they touched the plant, since we're using Bradley as the example, and he probably would laugh about that today, the first time they touched the plant, mom and dad set the guideline because the child's never done that before. Okay, so mom and dad explain. Here's the rule. We don't touch this plant. It's mom's plant. I don't touch mom's plant, dad says, because I know what will happen to me if I touch mom's plant. Okay, so you establish the guidelines. Look, they need guidelines. They need to know. Do you know a lot of kids do wrong, or at least parents are saying they're doing wrong, but the kids have never been taught, this is wrong, you can't do this. We are not going to have this in our house. So they need guidelines. God, in Deuteronomy 28, gave, gives the blessing and curse speech. Do you know what I'm talking about? Israel was supposed to get up, and they were supposed to, two groups were supposed to get up, and they were supposed to actually quote this to one another. There was the blessing and cursing uh, uh, lesson that God gave. And you know what God was doing? He was laying out the rules. In the Old Testament, uh, he, he said, this is what, here are the Ten Commandments. Here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, and this is, what, this is how you need to live. And if you disobey, you'll be punished. And kids need to know that as well. They, children learn to obey by, when they have rules that, by the way, are reasonable, are fit to their age. They can learn to handle, they, they can learn. Uh, they need to have, there's a lot of different things that they need to know, but they need the instruction and they need to have rules. And by the way, if you're having problems with your kid and you have that especially challenging person, let me encourage you to think about uh, doing a behavioral contract. Seriously, with your kid. Say, what is a behavioral contract? That's a good question. Just a sheet of paper on which you write on the left-hand side the behavior you want to see. And along the top, you write reward for obedience Punishment for disobedience. So you got a sheet of paper. You have this one line on it where you're trying to correct something that you want to correct. You got a child that maybe is, I don't know, going, not going to the plant, but a, a child that has uh, been talking back to mom. That's serious. No child should talk back to mom or dad. So child's talking back. Here's the, here's the problem. Child's talking back. Here's the, here's the punishment for wrong. What's going to be the punishment? Well, what should be the punishment? All right, some sort of, some sort of uh, spanking, the rod, okay? Okay, how much? Well, lay it out. This is what it's going to be. You might write this. There's going to be five licks to, the, for the first offense. There's going to be 10 licks for the second offense. There's going to be 15 licks for the third offense. You don't want to go over those fences, all right? So that's the punishment. What's the reward? Now, sometimes on that sheet, the reward is just going to be this. No licks. You don't get punishment if you don't talk back to mom. Talk back to mom, go to the room. Some things they just need to do. If it's clearing the table, you have a problem with that. Okay, make a behavioral contract. And then here's the thing. You both sign it. Sit down with the child say, here's the rule. Here's what we're trying to change. You don't try to change 15 things with your kid. Deal with one or two at a time because, because you can't deal with 15 things yourself. 
We're creatures of habit, one or two things at a time to deal with an especially challenging person, and you help them learn to deal with this. And you put it up on the refrigerator. You both signed it. You have the, you have the thing that you're trying to correct. You got the punishment. You got the reward. It may be the reward is if you don't talk back to mom for, for a week. I mean, sometimes it's just going to be don't have punishment. Sometimes it may be, you know, hey, they like going out for ice cream. So, so we're going to take you out for ice cream as a reward for something God wants you to be doing anyway. This is right. Yeah, some, so simple as that. It's just a way to help establish that there are guidelines in life, and, and you've got to obey them. And helping your child understand, grasp that truth. They, little kids can understand that. They can. They may not be able to sign their name real well, but they can, they can do it. They can understand that. And by the way, talk about what you're going to do in discipline. Don't just say, this is what's going to happen. Just say, you know, God tells me I need to punish you, you with spanking. So, so let's, let's talk this through. Should it be five or should it be eight? And don't say, how many do you think it should be? This is pretty bad, don't you think? Maybe it should be eight. Oh, no, it should be five. Okay, we're good with that. Five. It doesn't work. It's going to be more, but right now, that's what we're agreed upon. Just set guidelines because children need to learn. And, um, and I, that's just one little suggestion that may help you to give your kids guidelines. Don't give them a bunch of things to change today. But as a parent, deal with one or two things. And listen, what you're doing when you deal with one or two things is you're teaching them, here's how we change in life. We correct one thing, we move on. Truth is, if they're getting correction all the time and it isn't working, then, then the, the licks need to be more and they need to be harder. And when they learn to obey in that area, and you don't have the talking back anymore, then we deal with another problem that we've got in our child. Because guess what? You'll have them. I'm really encouraging you today. But the truth is we, every parent has um, ECPs. Every parent does. Here we go. Oh, my kid's so good. If they, if they are, they got a defective one. <laughs> uh, some, are, some are not as challenging, thankfully, for that. Aren't, aren't, you, aren't you glad for that, you know? Um, each one has different areas and different ways in which they struggle, but everyone's going to struggle, and everyone needs to learn to obey, and I'm just leaving it there because we've taken enough time today. But the truth is, if you, would just, if you just learn that God's way works and God's way is right, you will save yourself from a lot of heartache and you'll be teaching your children so that they're not, they're not dealt with by a government someday down the road that will deal with them very severely. If not, their life taken away because they're involved in illegal activity because they haven't learned that sin gets punished and that they need to learn to pay attention and do that which is right, and they can because God says they can Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for giving us help. And... Mm-hmm.